Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 821, and we're looking at Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 34. Let's read the passage. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. He leased it to tenant farmers and went away. When the time came to harvest fruit, he sent his servants to the farmers to collect his fruit. The farmers took his servants, beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first group, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? He will completely destroy those terrible men, they told him, and lease his vineyard to other farmers who will give him his fruit at the harvest. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is what the Lord has done and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit. Whoever falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, but on whomever it falls, it will shatter him. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah. We're in the section in the gospel where they have made it to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, Jesus had his triumphant entry, where he was acting out Zechariah 9.9, the entering of the Messiah into the capital city. We had the temple cleansing, where Jesus went in, turned over the tables of the money changers, kicked over the chairs of those selling doves, and chased people out, because he said his temple was supposed to be a house of prayer, but they had turned it into a den of thieves. Then in the temple there were children singing Hosanna to the son of David. The religious leaders chastised Jesus over that, but he said what they were doing was appropriate. Then we had the cursing of the fig tree. We said that was an acted-out parable about judgment. Judgment of those who should be or appear to be bearing fruit, but really are not bearing fruit. So this is applicable to the temple leaders. And some think it's really speaking to the destruction of the temple itself, which will occur in A.D. 70. Then the chief priests and the elders came to Jesus and asked, By what authority he does these things? Jesus pointed them back to John the Baptist, and they didn't know how to answer that, so they said they didn't know. And Jesus said, I'm not going to tell you about my authority. Now Jesus begins these three parables. And we've already had the first one. That was the two sons that went to work in the vineyard. One said he would go work, but then did. The other said he would go work, but then didn't. And the question was, which did the will of the father? The religious leaders responded, well, the first one, the one who actually went, even though he said he wouldn't. And Jesus said, that's correct. Because of that, you guys aren't entering the kingdom of heaven. The sinners will enter the kingdom of heaven because they repented. Now we're in the second of these three parables. Now remember, he's still speaking to the chief priests and elders. And this is the response to the question about his authority. 
Remember, there's also crowds standing about. Jesus was teaching people in the temple area when the chief priests and elders came up to him and started questioning his authority. So there's this group that he's been teaching are all there, plus others standing by looking on. So they didn't take him aside into their special chief priests and elder room. This is all happening out in the public place. So while he's speaking directly to them, some of this may be applying to the people around also. So begin chapter 21, verse 33. Jesus says, listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, built a watchtower. He leased it to tenant farmers and went away. Well, this is a real enough scenario where a rich person who owned the land would prepare this great vineyard, do it upright. He plants the vineyard, but it's going to be maybe up to four years before you're actually going to get a crop out of that. He puts a fence around it to protect it from animals. He builds a watchtower where there'd be a guard station to protect it from robbers. Dug a wine press, a place to then when it produces the grapes to squeeze the grapes out to make wine. Now he leases it to tenant farmers and went, went away. Now the concept would be these tenant farmers would now farm, take care of the vineyard, and then when it came time for the harvest, a percentage of the harvest would go back to the landowner in the form of rent. Similar here to a theme in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, where God is talking about the failure of Israel. He says in Isaiah, I will sing about the one I love, a song about my loved one's vineyard. The one I love had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He broke up the soil, cleared it of stones, planted it with the finest vines, built a tower in the middle of it, even dug out a wine press there. He expected it to yield good grapes, but it yielded worthless grapes. So now, residents of Jerusalem and men of Judah, please judge between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done for my vineyard than I did? Why, when I expected it to yield of good grapes, did it yield worthless grapes? Now I will tell you what I am about to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, it will be consumed. I will tear down its wall, it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, it will not be pruned or weeded, thorns and briars will grow up. I also give orders to the clouds that rain should not fall on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of armies is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah the plant he delighted in. He expected justice, but saw injustice. He expected righteousness, but heard cries of despair. So the language of the vineyard sounds very similar. Now in Isaiah, it's the fruit that fails. In Matthew's gospel, the parable that Jesus tells, it's the tenants that fail. In Isaiah, the vineyard is destroyed. In Matthew, it's given to new tenants. In Isaiah, it ends with despair, disaster. But Matthew, there's a hope for the future. So we've got this background of the language of Isaiah, but Jesus kind of paints a, a slightly different picture to it. Verse 34. When the time came to harvest fruit, he sent his servants to the farmers to collect his fruit. Farmers took his servants, beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. So, however long it took for the vineyard to produce fruit, it produced fruit. And the landowner sends his representatives to go collect whatever the percentage was that was agreed upon that would be his. 
Now, we've already said in parables where there's a landowner, that always represents God. So we know God is the one represented by the landowner here. And with the backdrop of Isaiah passage, the vineyards probably representing Israel or the kingdom of God. Verse 36, again, he sent other servants more than the first group, and they did the same to them. That is, they beat them, killed them, stoned them. Now, most think this is an allegory of the mistreatment of Old Testament prophets. I think that's appropriate, is God has been sending people to Israel for hundreds of years, and generally they're mistreated. Back back in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, in verses 11 and 12, he said, You're blessed when they insult you and persecute you, and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So we've seen the idea that the prophets who went before were mistreated by the people of God, by the Israelites. And in this parable of the vineyard, the servants sent by the landowner are mistreated. The prophets sent by God were mistreated. Verse 37, finally he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenant farmers saw the son, they said to each other, this is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Well, we recognize that when he says son, that he's speaking of himself here as the son of God. And remember, by the time Matthew wrote this gospel, everyone reading this gospel would recognize that Jesus is the son of God. Do the people hearing this recognize he's talking about himself? I think they have a clue, because... It's just going to be a fairly short time before they actually charge him with claiming to be the Son of God, and that's why they execute him. But we do see in verse 45, it says, they recognize he's talking about them. Now, is this the way the legal system works? No, it's not the way it works. But this is a parable. And generally, where the parable departs from reality is where they're making a big point. So here he's making the big point here, that even the Son is rejected and killed. Verse 40, therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those farmers? Let's look ahead. Who's the owner of the vineyard in this parable? It's God. When God comes, what's God going to do? He will completely destroy those terrible men, they told him, and lease his vineyard to other farmers who will give him his fruit at the harvest. Now, this answer is from the chief priests and elders. And that's the appropriate answer. Well, of course he's going to destroy these wicked tenants and replace them with tenants who are actually going to provide the rent due to the farmer. But this is the religious leaders who are basically pronouncing this judgment on themselves. Verse 42, Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures? And here he quotes from Psalm 118, verses 22 and 23. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is what the Lord has done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. So the stone the builders rejected has now become the most important stone in the building, and it's all the Lord's doing. So who's the stone that the builders rejected? Well, in the psalm, it's talking about Israel. 
But here, obviously, we know he's talking about himself. He's talking about Jesus, the one that was rejected by the religious leaders in verse 43. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit. Whoever falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, but whomever it falls, it will shatter him. Well, here we have the replacement of the tenants. They pronounced the judgment that the owner, when he comes back, will destroy these wicked tenants and replace them with proper tenants. And Jesus says that's exactly what's going to happen, is this replacement. And here he applies it to them. He says the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruit. Now, curious here, the, he uses the word people. Some translations say nation. The Greek word is ethnos, where we get the word ethnic. Now, when it's used with the, the ethnos, it generally means the Gentiles. But here, the way it's worded, it would just mean a people. Not necessarily Gentiles, but a new people. So the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. Just the leaders? Is it just a replacement of the leadership? Well, I think there he's talking to the leaders, but he's also talking to the people that are around too. There will be a new people, a new Israel. And we recognize it from our vantage point of Christianity. Those who are followers of Christ will be the new people of God. The kingdom of heaven is being taken away from those who are ethnically the Jews, and given to those who have faith in Jesus Christ, whether the Gentiles, Jews, or, or whatever. The point will be faith in Jesus Christ. And then whoever falls on this stone, that is him, will be broken to pieces. Whoever it falls, it will shatter him. Talking about the power. He's got the power now, the kingdom of God. Notice he uses the term kingdom of God, not kingdom of heaven. Making it a little more direct, linking it to God, not just heavenly things, but God himself. This is the second of these three parables that Jesus is telling the religious leaders, all speaking to the judgment coming, that God has judged them as leaders to be fruitless. God is judging the practices of the temple to be fruitless. God is judging the people of Israel to be fruitless and is replacing them with a new people, a people who will be fruitful as they follow Christ. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.